0: Hey there, I'm Lauren Hicks, pastor of Pacific Christian Center in Santa Maria, California. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. It's my prayer that this message strengthens your faith and draws you closer to God. Now enjoy today's message. Bible with you to the house of the Lord, or your Bible app on your smartphone, I want to invite you to turn with me. Quickly to the book of Exodus and the Old Testament, the second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. I want to share a message with you that the Lord has put on my heart. I've simply given it the title, I Will Serve Him Forever. I Will Serve Him Forever. When I was a kid, one of the games we used to play, some of you might remember this game called king of the mountain and everybody remember king of the mountain we didn't have to have a literal mountain to play this game it could be a small hill it could be a mound of dirt somewhere at a construction site down the road on a vacant lot but you would stand on the hill or you stand on the mound of dirt and the other kids would rush up the hill to try to push you off And if they were successful in doing so, they would become the king of the mountain. There would only be one king of the mountain. That was the days before cell phones. We didn't know any better. We went outside and played games and things like that. Now we're more sophisticated. King of the mountain. The same is true in our lives. Friends, today, let me tell you, there can only be one king of your life. There can only be one king in your life. There can only be one Lord and one master. I believe we all look to something or someone as Lord. We all trust our lives, our worth, our significance, our success into the hands of someone or something. I I know as Americans we tend to be a proud and an independent people Uh, I mean, we even have a declaration of independence. If the world wants to know, we're going to declare it to everybody. We are independent. And it's easy for us to cross our arms and say, I am my own Lord and I am my own master and I'll decide my own fate and I'll go my own way and I'll do my own thing. But the truth is, friends, we all serve something or someone. And for those who say, Pastor Lord, I just disagree with you, I serve myself, For those that choose that path end up being controlled by their own greed, their own lust, their own anger and their own selfishness. We all serve something or some, someone. In the Old Testament, book of Exodus, we have the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, 400 years of slavery. God delivered them. The Bible says with the Lord's mighty hand God delivered them from e- Egyptian slavery and bondage and It would be tempting for us to think that the Lord set them free so they could just be free to be their own people and do their own thing, but that would not be the biblical account. The biblical account was that God set them free, God brought them out so that God could bring them in so that the one who was supposed to be their leader, their ruler, their master, the Lord Jehovah would be their master. He would be their God. Pharaoh would no longer be their master, but Jehovah would be their master. And as they're on the precipice of the Jordan River about to cross into the promised land, God speaks through Joshua, their leader. And he says these words in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. He says, choose this day, notice these words, whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land that you're about to dwell But Joshua said, if there's any confusion or if you're curious about what I'm going to do, he said, let it be known to everybody. But as for me and my house, we will serve, notice this word, the Lord. We will serve the Lord. In other words, it's decision time. It's time to make a decision. And from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the Bible is filled with the instruction to serve the Lord. We speak so much today, and rightfully so, about our relationship with God, and I'm so grateful that we don't just have religious duty, we don't just have commands to obey and boxes to check. I'm so thankful that we can know the Lord in a personal way. Anybody grateful for that today? But we must not forget that He is our God. We must not forget that He is our Lord and He is our Master. And I want to encourage you to do a study of the Scripture from the beginning to the end. The entire Bible is filled with this language about serving the Lord. We serve the Lord. The understanding that He is God and we are not. He is Lord and He is Master over our lives. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you here today prayed a prayer at some point in your life, and you place your faith in Jesus as your Savior? Let me see your hand. That's every, most, of, most folks in here, if you haven't done that, we want to encourage you to do that today. We want to bring you to a place where you can make, put your faith in Jesus. Many of us have done that, and we have received His forgiveness. But let me ask a follow-up question today. How many of you have also prayed a prayer that says, Jesus, be the Lord of my life? Let me see your hand today. How many of you prayed a prayer like that? Not only Savior, but also Lord. And in doing so, we prayed and we said, Jesus, you take over my life. You be in control. You be my Lord. You be my master. I tried it my way. How many of you, that's your testimony? I tried it my way. Some of you won't raise your hand, but I know your story. I've been around long enough now. I've Heard your story. I tried it my way, and oh, what a mess I found myself in. Jesus, please take my life. And I will follow. The more we know Jesus, the more we want to serve Him. The more our relationship grows, the more we experience His love, His grace, His presence, and His power, the more we willingly and readily submit to His Lordship. Now I want to preach for a few minutes out of a Bible passage of Scripture that maybe you've never heard a sermon on before. I've never preached from this text in all the many years that I've been a preacher if you have your bible exodus chapter 21 verses 1 through 6 i'm reading from the new king james version this morning here's what the bible says now these are the judgments which you shall set before them verse 2 if you buy a hebrew servant he shall serve six years and in the seventh he shall go out free and pay nothing If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master has given him a wife and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out by himself. Notice verse 5. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free." Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door or to the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an awl. And notice this line. He will serve him forever. He will serve him forever. Now let's work through this. When we read this passage of scripture, when we read these first words which say, If you buy a Hebrew servant, if you're like me, immediately my antennas go up. Slavery. What is is this thing about? One of the greatest blights on America's history is slavery. The capturing and stealing of people to sell and to enslave them for profit is unthinkable. And you would agree. Amen? And so when we read these words, it's hard for us to fathom what's happening. So let me give you a little bit of historical context. With ancient Israel as well as all the ancient world... There were people who worked for others as a principle of servitude. And these were slaves in some sense, but not necessarily in the brutal, degraded sense that most of us would think of slavery today. Now, I've studied this a lot this week. In the Old Testament, there were four possibilities or four pathways that might bring a person into servanthood. The first would be extreme poverty. If you could not support yourself, if you had no means of employment, if you had no way to put food on your table and a roof over your head, you might find yourself going to someone who had some means or going to someone who was a landowner, a farmer, or someone who had a vineyard, and you might go to them and say, I have no means to support myself. I would like to be your servant. And in that sense, you would come under the umbrella of that master and you would serve them. A second scenario in the Old Testament would be that a father might sell a daughter as a servant into a home with the intention that she might marry into that family. Now, I'm the father of three daughters, and you may have sons, but my daughters are not going to work in your house. Let me just tell you that right now. So don't even get that in your mind. Again, this has to do with poverty. It's not our culture. It was the culture of the time. A third scenario might be in the case of bankruptcy. A man has gone out and he has borrowed more than he could afford. Some of us in this room have done that. We have put too much on the credit card. We have, we have bitten off more than we can chew, we might say. We, our debts have stacked up or maybe we have fallen out of work or we've been laid off and there's nothing else to do except for to file bankruptcy. And so the man then might become a servant to the creditors. And the, fi- the fourth case in the Old Testament would be a thief. If a thief has stolen from someone and they cannot repay what they have stolen, then they might go work as a servant for the person from which they have stolen. But let's talk about what's happening in this text. A servant could decide. This is hard for us in our culture to fathom, but stick with me for a moment. A servant could decide that life is so good working for his master that he would decide never to leave. He is treated with kindness. All of his needs are met. Life serving his master is better than it was before he met the master. He's thinking to himself, I can remember what life was like before I met the master. And I've seen what life is like with the master. And I cannot imagine living one day without the master. I cannot imagine a day of not doing what he wants me to do and fulfilling his purpose for my life. I cannot imagine a day of not enjoying his blessings. He has been so, so good to me. Context is hard for us to imagine. Again, in our lifetime, in our scenario we have been told all of our lives be your own man be your own woman you can be whatever you choose to be you can be whatever you desire to be we have been told don't let anybody tell you what to do or where to be or where to go you are your own boss you are the master of your own destiny And if this story seems strange to you, and if it seems bizarre to you, and if it seems unusual to you, maybe it's because you haven't met the right master. There is someone today who is worth serving. There is someone who's worth us giving our allegiance to. There is someone today who's willing that we would give our lives and surrender and sacrifice for. There is one that I know, only one, I tell you, only one who is worthy that we would make him Lord and that we would make him master over our lives. We have great struggles submitting to authority in our culture, but there is authority of a one that I readily give myself to. I'll follow him wherever he wants me to go. I'll do whatever he wants me to do. I'll say whatever he wants me to say. There was a day many, many years ago I made him my master and I made him the Lord of my life. I let go of my will. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not, it's not about me. It's not about my will. But, oh, Lord, it's about your will. There is one who is worth serving. This story in the Old Testament is a picture of our relationship with Jesus. You see, many years ago, some of you have the same story. We made a decision to make Jesus our master we willingly submit our lives to his leadership and his lordship we have laid down our rights to rule and to reign over our own lives we follow him we serve him we are his we belong to him we belong to our lord and you and i we remember what life was like without the master Oh, can I talk to you a minute this morning? Anybody in this room remember what life was like before you met the Master? Can anybody in this room remember who you were, what you were before you met Jesus when you were still in your sins and you were undone and you were broken and you were addicted and you were afflicted and you had no hope and you had no joy and you had no peace and you had no promise of eternal life? But one day, one day you met the Master and everything changed in your life. One day you met the master, so we willingly serve him. We found a savior who's worth serving. We found a master that's been so good to him. Even though we could turn our back on him, even though we could walk away, even though we could go do our own thing and decide that we can be our own master, some have done that. Some have departed from the faith. Some have walked away and said, enough of that church stuff, enough of that Jesus stuff. I tried all that. I don't need that anymore. They went their own way. But, oh, friends, even though we can walk away, we're not going to. We're going to serve him forever. We're going to serve him forever. We're going to serve him forever. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. If you're wrestling today with what I'm preaching about today, I I know I've been wrestling all week with it. I finally settled it all with the Lord, and it might take you a minute, all right. But if you're wrestling with this idea of surrender and servanthood and Jesus being your master and Jesus being your Lord. Let me remind you that the New Testament writers had no trouble with this. Book after book, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament would say, Hey, everybody, my name is Paul, a servant of the Most High God. James would say, Hey, everybody, I'm writing you a letter. My name is James. I'm a servant of the Lord. That's how they would introduce themselves as a servant. When I gave my life to Jesus, I did so with the intention of serving him forever. I didn't tell the Lord, I'll try this out for a little while and see if it works out. And if not, I'll keep my options open. I didn't say, Lord, I'll serve you through my teenage years. But when I get to college, you know, Lord, there's a lot of options and a lot of opportunities. So when I go off to college, I got some other things I want to do. I want to go explore. I want to do those things. I decided not to do that when I was a teenager. I decided that I was going to serve Jesus through my college years. And those of you who just graduated high school, you need to make that decision today that when you're 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22, you can serve Jesus. I don't care what everybody else is doing. You know what? They're serving a different master, and the end is misery and destruction. But I want to tell you, there's one to serve that brings life and wholeness and joy. His name is Jesus. I didn't say when I got married I was going to go my own way. No, I decided to serve Jesus even though I was married. I didn't say, Lord, when I turn 50, then I'm going to do my own thing. No, I said, Lord, when I'm 50, I'm going to keep serving you. And you know what? I have just decided that when I turn 60, I'm going to keep serving Jesus. And when I turn 70, I'm going to keep serving Jesus. And if I'm around at 80 and 90 and 100, I'm going to serve him forever. I made my mind up, everybody. I decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. We decided to follow him. In this text, there's three things quickly. The first, I will serve him forever because of a purchase. I will serve him forever because of a purchase. In verse 2, he says, if you buy a Hebrew servant, you see, there is a purchase. A relationship started with a purchase. Why did this man need purchasing in the first place? What's happening in this passage of Scripture? Well, it's highly likely that just like some of us, this man has made some poor decisions in his life. He has not been careful with his money. He is not what you would consider a person who is conservative with his finances. He is likely to have been someone who's a spender. And some of you are here like that today. You're a spender. No raising hands. Put those hands down. (laughs) He wasn't careful, he wasn't cautious, he wasn't a planner, he would spend, he would do things on impulse, he would go out and borrow money, and he found himself with more debt than he could pay off. And the creditors are now coming to collect the money that they have loaned this man according to the terms. And in this culture there are only two options for a man who is in this position. The first is to go to prison, and the second is to serve someone who would pay off his debts he is a desperate man he is a broken man he has no options he cannot pay off his debts they are too great there's nothing he can do to save himself from this situation I believe this is a picture of our lives before you and I met Jesus this is my story this is your story you see we owed a debt that we could not pay The debt of our sin was so great, there's no way that you and I could have ever worked it off. There's no way that we could have ever made a payment that would have satisfied the justice of a righteous and holy God. There was nothing that we could do. We were drowning in the debt of our our sin. We were trapped. It's a story of mistakes and pain and sorrow. We were in a mess. I picture the man standing there with his head bowed to the ground a broken man life has not turned out the way that he intended he thinks about the dreams that are unfulfilled but in this fateful moment another man steps up a good man a compassionate man and he says you know what I'll take him just as he is he can come home and live with me I will pay off all of his debts and I'll show him a new way of living the creditor said, that sounds good to me. One by one, the creditors stepped up with their documents. One by one, the good master pays off all this debt. In fact, he paid it in full. And he says to them, you can never come back saying that this man owes anything. Mark it down, stamp it on your document, because on this day, I paid in full all of his debts once and for all. And did you know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus, our good master, left the glory of heaven to come to this earth when I couldn't pay my debt. He stepped up and paid the penalty for my sins. Jesus paid my debt. My sins are gone with love. He paid it all. Past, present, and future sins were all paid for by Jesus. It's all gone because of a purchase. So today without hesitation, stand before you and I say, I will serve Jesus forever because of a purchase. Peter said it this way, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Don't you know you are not your own? You have been bought with a price. We have, as believers, we have been purchased. We have been redeemed by our Savior. We have been bought with a price. Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have what? Redemption, a payment, the forgiveness of sins. We will serve him forever because of a purchase. Second, we will serve him forever because of his provision. We will serve him forever because of his provision. Look at verse 4. If a master has given him a wife and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out by himself. But if the servant plainly says, If the servant clearly, without hesitation, I didn't stutter, he plainly says, I love my master. How could I walk away now? I love my master. I love my wife. I love my children. I will not go out free. Now, another insight into the culture and the context here. You might understand why, as the story goes, according to the Jewish law that God gave, that you worked six years; and on the seventh year, you go free. Why could the man walk away, but not the wife and the children? Do they retain the property? And this was put in place for integrity reasons, so that a couple would not come together and game the system. If a why if a woman was serving for the same reasons to pay off a debt, that if if, if the master allowed this. Two servants to get married, and perhaps the husband is at the sixth year, and he's about to go free, and the woman is at her first year. We're thinking, hey, this is a pretty good deal. We get, we get married. She only serves one year. We're, we're out of here. So it was really an integrity issue. But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Given the opportunity at the end of the six years to walk away from the relationship, he stops and he takes inventory of his life. He remembers who he was before he met the master. He remembers what a broken shell of a man he was. He remembers when he didn't have a penny in his pocket. He remembers when he, he didn't have a roof over his head. He didn't have a table. He didn't have food on his table. He's thinking back about what's happened over the past six years since he's served the good master. And he realizes that according to the law, he could walk away and be his own master, but as he's thinking about his life and where he is as he takes inventory in this moment, a realization comes into his heart, I love my master, I love my master. Imagine a master that is so good and so generous and so kind and so compassionate that those who serve him actually love him. I can imagine, as he's thinking about his situation, the day's coming, he has it on the calendar, right? It's circled on the calendar. At the end of those six years, he has an opportunity to go free and now to go out and to do his own thing again. He's, that day is the countdown, but he, if he gets up that morning, as he wakes up and his son's coming in the window, he smells something, it's coffee's on. His wife has already got up before him, she's getting preparations for the day, the coffee has already been made, he makes his way to the kitchen, and there she is, there's that beautiful wife. He says good morning to her, he puts his arms around her, and he kisses her, and he remembers it was the master who gave him this wife. It was the master who allowed the two of them to get married. And as he's standing there embracing his wife, he hears the pitter-patter of little feet coming down the hallway. He looks down to see his two little children running. Daddy, they come and they grab and hug his legs. And he picks them up and he kisses them good morning. He says, all these children. And he realizes, if it wasn't for the master, I wouldn't have got married. And if I hadn't got married, I wouldn't have these two precious little children. And they sit down at the table. And they have breakfast together. He's just looking around everything that he has. This nice place to live. And the table that they're eating at. And the food that's on the table. and How in six years his whole circumstances have turned around. And he realizes where all the good things in his life have come from. They've come from the master. He has a choice to make. Will he continue to serve the master or will he walk away? There's nothing to keep him there. The law says that in the seventh year, he can go free and pay nothing. He cannot be forced to serve the master, not one more time, not one one more day. If he stays, it'll be because he wants to stay, because he desires to remain. And in that moment, he makes a decision. He realizes every good thing in his life is simply because of the master. I want you to think for a moment about what God has provided you. I feel the Holy Spirit here this morning. I want you to think about everything that God has provided you. I want you to remember what God has done. I want you to remember who you were before you met Him. I want you to remember how you were lost and undone on your way to an eternity separated from God, but Jesus stepped in and inserted himself into your life. It wasn't you that took the initiative. Jesus took the initiative to call your name and to rescue you. And he said, you know what I want to do? What I want to do? He said, Lauren, he said, Lauren, boy, man, you got a lot of debt, Lauren. He said, I want to pay it all. I want to pay all your debts, Lauren. And that's what he did. That's what he did. And I want to tell you, I put my faith in him, and I trusted him, and I received his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. And I want to tell you, since that day, I've been a blessed man. Since that day, I've been a blessed man. I look around my life, and everything I have is because of the Lord. Sitting on that front row is a beautiful woman that God gave me almost 29 years ago. If it wasn't for the good master, I wouldn't have that woman. And sitting beside her are two beautiful girls that are our children. If it wasn't for the good master... I wouldn't have those children. I wouldn't have them. I'm trying to paint a picture for you this morning that we have a good master who's worth serving all the days of your life. I woke up this morning. I slept in a comfortable bed last night with a nice pillow. I was safe all night long, no danger, no harm. I got up at 5 o'clock this morning and there was coffee in the pot. Oh, glory, hallelujah. (laughs) I sat down in the living room, turned the lamp on, sat down in the living room, grabbed my Bible, grabbed my sermon notes, had some time with the Lord early this morning. Wasn't too long. My wife came in, and I gave her a kiss. My daughters got up this morning. Even have a little dog there sitting beside me. Went out to the garage and got in a nice vehicle, made my way to this church here today. Drived up on this campus. How did I ever get here? Walk in this place and have the opportunity to know you and to serve Jesus with you. Oh, God's been good to me. Oh, what a master. I could walk away. But after a purchase and after the provision that he's given me, I just decided I love my master. I love my master. And I'm going to serve him. James said every good and perfect gift is from above. That's where I know where it comes from. You say, well, I did it. No, friend, I beg to differ. It's all because of the good master. And finally, the worship team comes. Finally, I will publicly proclaim that I will serve him forever. I will serve him forever with a public proclamation. Verse 6, then his master shall bring him to the judges. That meant this is going to be a public ceremony. And he shall bring also to him to the doorpost. And his master shall place his, e- uh, his ear, shall pierce his ear with a hammer and a pen to make a hole in his ear. And he shall serve him forever. Now, this is an outward mark of identification so that everyone would know that he willingly serves his master. Everywhere he went, people would know that man loves his master. there's no hiding it now right there's no hide everywhere he goes people are going to see there's a hole in that ear and they know in their culture what that means it means something different in our culture but in that culture in that culture right it meant he loves there goes a man that loves his master there's no secret can i tell you today friend if we love our master we have no problem of being publicly identified with jesus if you truly love your master you're not ashamed of jesus not ashamed of jesus i decided i want the world to know that i love my master i decided i want the world to know that i love jesus and i've given my heart and my life to him and by the way i decided that i'm going to be a follower of jesus everywhere i go so when i come to church you're going to see a man who loves jesus And if you see me at a restaurant somewhere, that's going to be a man that loves Jesus. And if you see me in the marketplace, that's going to be a man that loves Jesus. And if you see me on the golf course, that's a man that loves Jesus. If you see me at the rodeo, that's a man that loves Jesus. I'm not going to be different anywhere I go. I'm not going to be a Christian on Sunday, but somebody else the rest of the world the week. I decided that I'm going to serve Jesus. Public identification. We must be careful not to desire the purchase and the provision, but to refuse to be identified with Jesus. So I must ask the question, do those around you, those in your life, know that you belong to Jesus? When you go to work tomorrow, do those that you work with know that man, that woman loves Jesus? Not ashamed of Jesus. They love their master. This is so important. Here's why. Jesus is not ashamed of you. He is not ashamed to be identified with us. He was crucified between two thieves. He bore our sin and identified with the sinner. I am not ashamed to be identified with Jesus. I will not be a secret Christian. Let's refuse the cultural pressure that says that as believers in Jesus, it's supposed to be private and you're not supposed to tell anyone. I thought you might say amen right there. Let's refuse that cultural pressure. You know what that is? That's the strategy of Satan. If you were Satan, the thing you would want to do is to keep Christ's followers silent. You would try to create a culture where they were intimidated or embarrassed to open their mouth. That's what Satan would do, right? And it's been pretty successful. But this week, we can walk out of this building with our heads held high. We belong to the King. We belong to the Master. We love our master, and we are not ashamed anywhere to say that we belong to him. I've lived so long with the master that I cannot imagine living without him. So I will not go out looking for my freedom apart from him. I will not go my own way. I will not seek my own will. I will serve him forever. Forever. This willingness to serve and obey the Lord is the result of a relationship with Jesus. It's not about duty. It's not about oppressive religion. It's about a beautiful relationship with the Savior. And today, I wonder if you will make a public identification with Jesus. Here's why we're going to close today. Here's how we're going to close. If you will say, I love my Master... And i will serve him forever i want to ask you to stand up step out of your seat and come stand across the front in a moment of public identification with jesus i don't know if there's anybody here that would say that today i hope there are i hope the whole room would say that but if you say i love my master and i will serve him forever why don't we let one another know i want you to step out right now step out right now i love my master i love my master i will serve him i will serve him forever i want to encourage you Let's fill the aisles. I know we got a lot of folks here today, but as many as you can, come on up. At least just stand up where you're sitting. You can come down from the balcony if you want, or just at least stand. Let's stand. We're making a decision. We're making a decision today that we love our master, and we will serve him forever. Maybe some here today have been tempted to walk away. Maybe some have been tempted to go your own way and be your own master. But today, you want to renew your commitment to Jesus You say, I'm all in, Jesus. I belong to you. I dedicate my life to you. I will serve you. I will follow you. I will obey you. I will make you my master and my Lord. If that's you today, I want you to lift your hands right where you're standing all over the building. And let's just make that prayer of dedication to the Lord. Come on, everybody. Make it a prayer. Make it a prayer of dedication right where you're standing. Say, Jesus, Lord, I give my life to you. I will serve you forever. I declare today, Jesus, that I belong to you. No turning back. I have decided that I will follow Jesus. Lord, I belong to you. We will serve you forever. Come on, let's make that our prayer today. Let's make that our prayer. Come on, let's pray a prayer of dedication to our Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for a purchase. Thank you for a purchase. Thank you for provision for all that you've done for us Lord for all that you've given us thank you for every sin that you've forgiven thank you for washing them away in the blood of Jesus thank you for the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord thank you for not holding our sins against us but giving us mercy and giving us grace and Lord we thank you for the many many blessings that you have given us God there's so many we can't count them all They're too numerous for us to count. So we just say, Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done and all that you've given us and all that we've experienced. We thank you, Jesus. We know every blessing comes from you, every gift is from above. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And today, today, we will publicly identify with Jesus. We will not hide our faith. We will not hide our lamp under a bushel. We will not be silent we will not be intimidated we will not be pushed aside as followers of jesus we will not be told to be silent we will open our mouths and declare the praises of our god we will speak to others and let them know that there is a master who is worth serving we will do so lord that's our prayer that's our prayer that's our prayer hallelujah hallelujah let's worship together let's worship together Come on, let's sing together. Let's worship Jesus together, everybody. Let's do it. Once again, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Special thanks to those of you who give so generously to make this ministry possible. If God has put it on your heart to give, please visit our website at pacificchristian.net. And if you enjoyed today's message, please consider subscribing, sharing with your friends on social media, and giving us a rating in iTunes. This will enable us to expand our reach and share the message of Christ with more people. Until next time, God bless.